I'm Alyssa. I'm Alyssa. And I'm not Alyssa. Welcome to 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. And yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff going on. So much that we all kind of have Twitter open because things are changing literally momentarily. So we're going to start with healthcare, and we're probably going to circle back to it a few times because, yeah. Um, on It's Thursday night. On Tuesday, the Senate voted to start, quote-unquote, repealing the Affordable Care Act. Pence had to break the tie. The two women, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, voted against it. Sorry, what gender were they again? Uh, the two women. Yep. Is this really only two days ago? This it was only two days was ago. Two days ago. Two days ago. Something really funny just happened between the junior senator from Mississippi and reporters that we can dramatically read later if anybody cares. Okay. So good. So immediately after they voted to start debate, John McCain gives this. I'll say amazing, and then I'll take it back later. Amazing speech about how they had to go back to bipartisanship, and this isn't how they should do things, and they shouldn't be bullied by the president, and all this bullshit. And then, and he says, I'm not voting for this bill. It was the Better Care Reconciliation Bill. I'm not voting for it in its current state. I have a list of demands that needs to be included. And then six hours later, they voted on the bill, and guess who voted for it? Ugh. John frickin' McCain. Um, it didn't pass. Set, it was nine Republican, or yeah, nine Republican senators voted against it. Um, Lindsey Graham, that communist <laughs> liberal, amongst them. Yeah, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham so far <laughs> has voted against everything they've put in front of him. John McCain, you know, right into it. Yes for everything. So they voted on that. It didn't pass. Um, Wednesday, they voted on a straight repeal. That didn't pass either. Um, again, I think it was seven or nine Republican senators voted against it. Um, none of so John McCain had voted for it. Shelley Moore Capito, who we called on our last podcast to say thank you, also voted for the straight repeal and the BRCA. Um, so we take that thank you back. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Yeah, um, <laughs> we take we take that back. Um, and you know. Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski continue to be, the two women continue to be the ones who are saying, nope, 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 nope. And right now, what's going on is a few Republican senators have said they refuse, they're trying to pass what they're calling a skinny repeal, which would get rid of the individual mandate, which basically says you have to have health insurance. It would get rid of the employer mandate, which says employers above a certain number of people have to provide health insurance and then would gut Planned Parenthood. They said they refuse to vote for it unless the House will guarantee that it's not going to become law and the House will work on it. So they're basically saying, we don't like this bill and we're not going to vote on it, but we will vote on it if you tell us it'll change. So it makes no friggin' sense. Paul Ryan has issued a statement that essentially said, yeah, sure, like, Pass it, and we'll work on it in the House. We're willing to do that. And right before we came to record, John McCain was like, I don't believe you, Paul Ryan. So we're in some sort of weird, cyclical, I'm going to say clusterfuck is what we're in, um, where 
Would you just say Shelley Moore Capito said she's decided how she's going to vote, but she's not telling anyone just yeah, yet? Yeah, and Topher Sparrow just tweeted that it's 9.30 p.m. Right now when we're recording, it's 9.33, so this was three minutes ago. They asked, a reporter asked Orrin Hatch, who is the chairman of the Committee of Jurisdiction, uh, do they have a final version of the bill? Hatch, quote, not that I know of. Yeah. End quote. Yeah. It's 9.30 p.m. And they... I don't even have words. <laughs> yeah. Um, really quickly, can we just... Can I just tell you? So, Wicker <laughs> is the junior senator from Mississippi. Do you want to be Wicker or the reporter? There's another page after this. <laughs> okay, it's I'll pretty be good. Wicker. I haven't okay. read this. What's in the bill? Shall I start with section one? Yes, yes! Let's not play games. Um, I mean... We want to know what's in it. It's not a game. Well, I mean, you clearly know what's in the skinny bill. Would you like for me to go get it? Yes, yeah. we would love that. <laughs> it's fairly clear. When was it finalized? When was it written? Will the individual mandate be delayed at all? The... Punches elevator button oh, with force. Oh, it's going to make a sound effect. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I keep punching this button. I'm trying to get to my office, actually. Elevator arrives. I hurt my hand. <laughs> <laughs> If you really want to know what's in it, I could... Gets into the elevator. Would you? 17 copies would be great. That was the interaction reporters just had with the junior senator from Mississippi. At least it wasn't the senior senator from That's Mississippi. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> and just so, just so everyone... Punched my hand. <laughs> just, it's a pre-existing condition. I appreciate your dedication of it. Um, just so everyone understands why, why this is bad. So... The insurance market place right now is not very stable because of all this threatening of what we're going to do and all this crap. So the climate isn't stable, so the market isn't stable. So if they and insurance companies have come out and said, if you get rid of the individual mandate, if you get rid of the employer mandate, the the marketplace will go into a, quote, death spiral. And that's their word, not mine. So death spiral like that's bad where um i think the latest estimate i read was that premiums would go up 20 percent and if i read it correctly i don't think it just means like people on the marketplace i think it means everybody's premiums would go up 20 percent because they're all kind of linked so that's why this is bad in addition to 16 million people would lose insurance um Pretty much immediately. So January 1, 2018, 16 million people would be off of their insurance. And they're trying to defund Planned Parenthood. So, Sorry, so um, Graham just one minute ago is quoted as saying he feels comfortable voting on the skinny bill after receiving assurance from Ryan that the bill will go to conference. And um, Ra Johnson says he got verbal assurance from Ryan's on a phone call that the House bill will go to conference, which must mean that's his... Um, justification for voting for it i don't believe any of them no of course not i believe none of them no 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 and i mean i'm saying they yeah. just want cover they just want the house oh yeah mcconnell just wants to punt it back right and the other thing is that apparently the house passed something that's they're calling martial law which allows once the senate sends their the senate bill back the house can just pass their bill or they're playing parliamentary magic tricks right now um and it's not good, but it's an ever-involving situation. 
Okay, so since you just mentioned Planned Parenthood being defunded, I just went to the um, Planned Parenthood of Maryland website to talk about, um, just to give you the rundown of what they, the services they provide in addition to abortion services, which are obviously very important and um, vital parts of women's health care. Um, well women exam, breast health exam and cancer screenings, birth control methods, reproductive exams, pregnancy testing and options education, prenatal and adoption referrals, um, sexually transmitted infection testing and treatment, HIV testing and education, STI testing and treatment, HPV vaccines, urinary tract infection treatment, abortion services, and male and female sterilization procedures. Uh, Planned Parenthood of Maryland accepts most Maryland medical assistance and major commercial insurance. A sliding fee scale is available for those without insurance who qualify. Patients can conveniently make payments online by creating a healthcare payments account or by checking out as a guest. Um, are you aware of your rights as a patient, which they list in English and in Spanish? Um, they also provide very inclusive healthcare. Yeah. So. And men and women, not just yeah, women. Yeah, men and women. Men and, and they and women do who a are, lot of and people who are trans who are yeah, transitioning. Like, yeah, they do lots of education on on trans healthcare. Um, yeah, and also, well, and they're talking about sex. like for instance at a well woman checkup, what that would mean, um, screening um, to make sure there's no UTI, vaginitis. Um, pelvic inflammatory disease, endometriosis, just a general well woman checkup, menstruation check-in, um, check-in on menopause, um, and sexual and reproductive anatomy. They're, they, Planned Parenthood is also committed to educating people about their bodies and women about their reproductive systems. They understand how they work, what's, um, what's going on if, if they didn't have the sex education that um, they might need to know what's going on. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just not just screwing women, it's screwing poor women, it's screwing women who are transitioning, you know, it's so terrible to think about what, what would happen if, if Planned Parenthood couldn't be a regular medical provider. And that's what it is. Like, there's no difference between what Planned Parenthood does and what a regular OBGYN would do. Right. There's no difference. They're just called Planned Parenthood right. instead of Dr. Smith's office. Even more because they'll do more, like my OB, at least my OB, like they'll check my blood pressure maybe, but they're not going to yeah. do like a full well woman visit beyond my reproductive oh. health. Like they'll check, but like my my physician does, like all my oh, blood gotcha. work and all that stuff, like my GP. I mean, I guess maybe my OB would if I asked them, but you can just make a regular well woman check yeah. up here. So... And, I mean, maybe there's some good news because I believe Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski have both said they're not voting for anything that defunds Planned Parenthood. Um, and if McCain doesn't believe Ryan and that's actually to believe, that's three. Mm -hmm. The other the other thing is that um, the parliamentarian has previously said anything trying to defund Planned Parenthood is it it needs 60 votes, not 51 and they're not have 60, so who knows? I'm beyond trying to be optimistic, just throwing facts out. <laughs> um, going into that, um, the other thing related to that is, as we mentioned before, it's, again, the two women who are really leading this, and, like, we're not putting up with this, we're not doing it, and 
Lisa Murkowski has been the, I'm going to say victim, um, or the target for a lot of bullying by um, the president, which I hate calling him that. And um, You don't have to. <laughs> the word I don't want to use can't go on iTunes, or the word I want to use can't go on iTunes. Um or we don't want to hit like our our curse max. Yes. Well, that's that's really we want to keep it. <laughs> um, you know, so Trump has been saying like, oh, it's too bad. Like, but and apparently, Ryan Zink or Zinky, the Department of the Interior Zinke, Secretary yeah. of Zinke. the Interior, has been calling these various senators, uh, Dean Heller of Nevada, the other senator from Alaska, and Lisa Murkowski, and essentially saying like, you know. If you don't work with us with us on this, we can't work with you on other things. So it's like the Democrats have vowed to investigate him for that. Yeah, political black blackmail. And I mean, her response is basically like, "Let's try actually governing." So I don't know if it's it's having any weight. I just can't get over the fact that they are all complaining about the process, and now they just get a phone call from Paul Ryan, who promises things will go to conference, and they're saying yes. I don't know. If, maybe this is, some, they just want political cover. Maybe some people see Paul Ryan as an honorable person. To some people. <laughs> no. I don't think people know him personally. Like, they're not even just us. They actually know Paul Ryan. That can't be real. The other thing that I was reading was saying, like, if the, if the skinny repeal goes back to the House, the whole um, the Freedom Caucus is like, yeah, we're not voting for that. No, yeah. So it's gonna, it might be like a tennis match for a while. I can't handle anymore. No, I ate through all my anxiety cookies the other day. Anxiety <laughs> cookies? Um, but yeah. Um. The thing, I think the thing we have to focus on, at least that I try to focus on when I feel like this, is I'm in a place of privilege where this sucks. And it's not that it wouldn't affect me, but not as much as it would affect somebody who relies solely on Planned Parenthood. And I have to keep fighting for that woman who relies solely on Planned Parenthood. And the medic or else, yeah, the Medicaid people screwed, right? Well, yeah, yeah. anybody, but just yeah, pick pick somebody who's going to be screwed by this. There are twenty two million of them, so yeah. Didn't something you sent us, Jenny Rose, say forty four up to forty four million? So it would. So right now in the country there are. 26 million people who don't have insurance right now. Yeah. So if the skinny repeal goes through, oh, just that would jump total? to 44 okay. in 2018. Yeah. Oh, because the Democrats apparently like sneaked like a copy of the bill to the CBO and was like, look at this. Look, look at this now. David Bernstein from Boston um, Magazine says that his guess is that Graham Johnson et al. just want to cover, just want cover to claim they got duped. When the House passes skinny repeal, they're just going to say Paul Ryan duped them. That that's what they're looking for here. I don't, I don't have I, anything to respond to. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, why don't um, I don't get it? I don't. I don't understand why these people don't care about other people, and they're describing it, just disguising it under like, oh, they have choice. So now you have a choice to go and die without health care or go. So bankrupt. nice that the Republicans like, all of a sudden care about choice. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't understand how it doesn't. Um, I mean, my favorite story of the week is when. Well, the second part's my favorite story when a representative from Texas. Farenthold? Is that how we say his name? Yeah. 
not not fair and hold of the Washington Post, who's a great writer and has covered Trump really well and is amazing. But fair and hold in the yes. House of Representatives also uh, likes posing with Playboy bunnies in his duck pajamas. Yes. Uh, that oh. exists. Yeah, Google that. That's Come it. again? This that is exists. this is Blake Farron. Blake Farron. Mm-hmm. He uh, said something. Time out. <laughs> You'll get. He said something earlier this week I about F- Far- like Farron. Oh yeah, that's the third result. Yep. Blake Farron hold pajamas. Yep. Time out, everybody. To you, Susan oh. Collins. Oh no. <laughs> So he said, you know, he was speaking out against the three Northwest women or Northeast women. That's a sight I wish I never saw. Who <laughs> voted against, um, they voted against the bill last week. And he was like, oh, I want to challenge them to a duel. I want to take them outside Aaron Burr style, whatever. It's like, okay, dude, whatever. So um, Susan Collins was on a TV show with a colleague of hers and she got caught on a hot mic um, they were talking about first how worried they were were about Trump and how some of these people are crazy. But the other thing she got caught saying was, I mean, I don't mean to be unkind, but have you seen him? He's unbelievably unattractive. <laughs> Did you see the picture of him with the Playboy bunny? Which is what Alyssa's looking at right now and looks horrified. <laughs> I'm just... So for That's all not of, something I'll, I can unsee. No, but for everyone who's afraid that their college pictures would keep them from getting a job, you're fine. Do you remember <laughs> how that happened to Crystal Ball, who was running for Congress from no. Virginia? She had some pictures that were deemed by others to be inappropriate, <sighs> and that hurt her in her race. And this freaking guy... <laughs> With the pajamas and this goofy grin, oh! We have to post the we have to post the Jezebel link that talks about the whole because they they quote the conversation and then they have that picture. We'll have to share that with the world. <laughs> I mean, I thought they knew that girl for a second. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have right now. I'm sure it'll change in ten minutes. Yeah, I'm still watching. It, I mean, it looks like it's going to come down to, I mean, this is going to be old news by the time we post this, mm-hmm. what happened, but um, looks like it's going to come down to Heller, more Capito, or McCain. I don't know who I trust less in I that know. group. I know. Shelly let us down. She yeah. really did. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what else we were going to talk about. Speaking of men um, speaking down to women... Uh, we oh, this guy's been accused of sexual assault. Oh, join the club. <laughs> With the pajamas. <laughs> well, he, he was also the one who took a while to say he would not support Donald Trump if he was in a locker room and said, right. I like raping women. So yeah. <laughs> he, would, he, he didn't even really commit to it. And try, I wouldn't be happy with that, he said. Yeah. This is I actually, think what he said it was that would be a bad thing to say. Yeah. Not uh, that it would be a bad thing to like. Right. Just, just a say bad out thing loud. To say out loud. Just, yeah, let's not talk about so that. So uh. this, is, this is kind of like a tangent, but I think it's important to what we're talking about is that someone I know was explaining something had happened. Something happened at work where a woman was having an affair with, she was an admin ha- having an affair with, an executive. 
okay. at like one of their a smaller DC office of this company. And um, so this is the background you're getting, right? And and so she he chose a, the day of a board meeting or something at this DC office, and the office was full of people. He's a married man. Um, chose that day to tell this young, much younger woman that he was breaking up with her and that he didn't really love her and he wasn't leaving his wife and, okay. She lost it, was crying and super upset and they had these people coming in, which I guess was his plan. Like, she won't throw... Oh, it's like, like why people break up with you in a restaurant. In a restaurant, Yeah. yeah. So she did. Security escorted her out of the building. So when I'm hearing this story from this man who is, in my mind, a, a very liberal person who cares about women, women's rights, who would never do... I mean, and he said, so apparently one of the executives at work at the D.C. office had a side piece. And she went... He broke up with her and she went bananas and was like out of control and hysterical and security had to drag her out. And I said, this person has a daughter. I said, you have a daughter. Let's pretend that she's working in an office someday and someone who is her boss by a lot. This is an admin and an executive. Very, very many levels above your daughter at work gets into, uses his position of power and his money and whatever else, seduces your daughter. She has a relationship, even if it's consensual and she's old enough, sorry, has a relationship with him. He tells her he's in love with her. He's leaving his wife. And then he humiliates her Mm. in front of all these people. Is this how you would want someone to talk about your daughter if this had happened? That she was a side piece who was hysterical. And he was immediately apologetic and like, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. That's crazy. I should have never said that. I don't know why I said it that way. And it, and I, but I think it goes to, I mean, this is obviously Farenthold and Trump are total pieces of shit. I mean, I don't mean that this guy's anything like that or that any, but I think that, I think we've said it before, but I think that it's those little things. If, if men and women, but in this case, men don't stop and say to other men who are telling them a story like that. Don't don't talk about women that way. Don't call a woman a side piece like she's an object. Like don't talk ring. about yeah. Don't talk about a relationship this way. Don't call her hysterical. Of course she was emotional. Someone just broke up with broke her. up with her who she thought loved her. Yeah. Like don't don't do this. I just feel like if we keep letting that happen at every level, all the time, all day, every day. I I just feel like that's like a virus that spreads. And then it just leaves leeway for all these other, do you know what I mean? If that's okay, then what's okay the next time? Something bigger. And then what's okay the next time? Something bigger. It is the, it is, we, at work, at work we call it the scope creep. Yeah. But it's not a, it's, it's a creep. Like, it's yeah. just like your, your low expectations get lower and lower and lower and lower. Yeah. Until you have Donald Trump as president. Right. Yeah. That's right. And no, I mean, I, that was the, I, I don't know who I read after that. I know I let, I read Alyssa Mastromonica who said, don't, don't try to explain to men why this is so upsetting to you. Even the really good men don't even try because they just don't understand the same way you understand. And like, but someone else who had said like it for, 
for her, that for this woman, it was the fact that everything else was terrible. He's terrible. You shouldn't be president. Of course, all those other things. But for her, it really came down to like the saddest thing to her, the most heartbreaking thing to her was that he said it on tape and we had it on tape and everyone listened to it. And that every single person who voted for him, who heard that said, I don't care about that woman, woman. I don't care about women who get, and by, by extension, I don't care about any of the women that that happened to. And by extension, I don't care about any of the women who this happens to. I care more about my tax break or my, what hatred of Hillary, whatever their thing was, then I care about the fact that I am going to vote for someone who sexually assaults women. And who said, it wasn't just he made a comment about the one woman. No. He said he does it all the time. Yeah. Like, you can do whatever. Like, yeah. It, like, and I don't understand. And I know some of them justify, like, well, you know, that's one issue, and I voted on many issues. Like, no, no that should be an important issue. That like, should be, if that, yeah. yeah. That should be, like, he's saying he doesn't care about another human being enough to worry about assaulting them. Right. Like, when I was at the Women's March, there's some professor from, I think it was Texas A&M, uh-huh. who was going around interviewing people, and... She was asking me and the people I was with, like, why we were there. And the only thing I could say was because my country decided that I don't matter. Yeah. That's the only thing I could say. Yeah. And that's exactly what you, I mean, you were just talking about. Do you yeah. know what they named the goddamn thing? What? The Healthcare Freedom Act. Oh, my God. Remember? Everything's free. Sorry. Sorry. Remember after 9-11 when they renamed French fries? Freedom fries. Because the French were, like, not going to no. go into, like, Afghanistan with us and Iraq with us. And they renamed all, at the Capitol building, at all the government buildings, they renamed the French fries Freedom Fries. It kills me. Holy um, crap! When the Republicans just, like, take over the word freedom. Sorry, what is the, what's the Webster's definition of the word freedom? I don't, let's it's, Google it. Let's Google it, because it's definitely not, you're not allowed to have an abortion, you're not allowed to live in the gender that you were born so they're getting rid of the individual mandate they're it looks like they're getting rid of the employer mandate and it looks like it's i don't know if i'm reading this correctly but those things look like they're going back like it's not just december 31st 2017 because some of them are that's just for anyone listening the the skinny bill just came out oh yeah that's what Jenny was talking about sorry i said it i don't i don't think i said it loud enough but the medical device tax, they said they would take that out. Um, I don't know what the impact of that is. Um, well, Jenny Rose is reading. Yeah, sorry. The Oxford English Dictionary is, yes. definition is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. And fun fact, their example that they use it in a sentence for is... We do have some freedom of choice. Hmm. So, Republicans. For how long? Freedom of choice. Tenny Rose is deep in thought on this. Well, because it's legalese. I'm like, I'm a a scientist, not a lawyer. 
Oh, so they are trying to they're trying to defund Planned Parenthood for a year. That's what this is. For a year? What does that mean? That's what they were trying to do with the Better Care Reconciliation Act. They were trying to block funding for a year. And I think it's their way of trying to get around the reconciliation rules where it has to affect the budget. I think that's what they're doing. But the parliamentarian already told them it's not going to fly. Oh, they did put in... Um, Are we supposed to trust them that come a year from now they're no, going to be like, oh, yeah, let's put it back in? No, they do allow exceptions for, provides for abortion other than if the pregnancy is the result of rape or incest or the woman suffer, suffers from a physical physical illness. So there's that. Um, the other gracious thing that this cracked up universe has given us is <laughs> the White House has appointed a new communications director which what is his name anthony scaramucci yeah no his name his name is anthony scaramucci i believe his own nickname he's given to himself is the mooch i love um people who give themselves nicknames yeah uh it's always men in my experience yes yes like i've never heard a woman give herself a nickname i refuse (laughs) to take (laughs) someone named the mooch seriously like our other countries and be like Oh, yeah, let's listen to what the mooch has to say. No, they're like, what are these freaking Americans doing? Well, one yeah. of the first things he did when one of his first yeah. addresses to the press corps, whoever the hell he was talking to, was to tell Sarah Huckabee Sanders that she should really keep that hair and makeup person, which, not a real big fan of hers, but it's nice to know that we're prioritizing the way women look with all that's going on in this country right now. Yeah. And that's not even getting to the... Has he seen the president? It was a guy. It doesn't matter. It's fine. No, God, men can look however they want as long as they have a lot of money. No, it's cool. Men are, not, men are not objects. They're people. Yeah, no. We are fine. objects. Where have you duh. been? <laughs> where, where have you been? Um, I wish I was somewhere else. That's where I, I, I know. would like to have been. Yeah. <laughs> And apparently the mooch has just been all over the morning news lately going on lovely vulgar tirades. On the record. On the record. (laughs) And then saying, I'm sorry, I will never trust a reporter again. When he was the one who called the reporter and asked to be put live on air. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) There, so... Looking at this bill, they're, like, chopping up and putting in different words, and it sounds like it's exactly what we talked about earlier. That's a really short bill. They only have a few good words. It's eight pages. They don't know that many. Yeah, so it's not good, and I I don't know. I don't don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Talk about chapter news. Yeah, what, let's go into chapter news while I, I'm going to go open some wine, maybe. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, so we went to a, um, the three of us went to Sipping for the States, which was a happy hour um, and fundraiser for NARAL Pro-Choice of Maryland and NARAL Pro-Choice of Virginia. Um, we were really happy to go, and it was really fun, <laughs> and we got some... Um, Awesome swag, but if you're not already following um, NARAL Pro Choice of Maryland, you should. Pro Choice MD. Oh, is that their Twitter think, handle? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram, I think. Okay. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, that's definitely what it is on Instagram. Yeah, at ProChoiceMD on, on Twitter. Had a good turnout. They did have a good turnout, and they're making sure that um, women have access to um, reproductive health services. They're really on the front lines of that bill we, we talk about over and over about um, parental rights for rapists. That's going to be back. Um, Removing them. Yeah, rem- right. Well, not right, taking them away. But we've talked about it so many times. But they, they, they're kind of at the forefront of that. So that's a good follow. And it was a good event. So for upcoming chapter events, we have a meeting on August 9th. That's a Wednesday at 7.30 at the Davis Library in Bethesda. It's near um, Montgomery Mall. Um, and we have a happy hour on August 16th which we hope is going to be somewhere in Silver Spring. Um, and then there's a Women's Equality Day event on August 26th, which we'll share the event on our Facebook page um, to let you know what it is and, and where to go and everything. Um, and our Facebook page, as well as our Instagram and Twitter and website is MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women. Um, our website's mcmdnow.org. Find us, find what we're up to, see some pictures of events that we go to and, and pictures of our women, women, women of the week for the podcast. Um, sorry, just as long as you're mentioning Women's Equality Day, can you just say like a little bit about what it's about? Because I feel like it links back into some stuff from this week. Yeah. So Women's Equality Day is celebrated on August 26th because that's the day the 19th Amendment was certified, solidifying women's right to vote. Um, in 1971, Women's Equality Day was uh, officially recognized as a holiday um, thanks to Bella Abzug, Congresswoman from New York, who uh, put a bill forth to recognize the day. Um, she did it to recognize um, the anniversary of women's suffrage, but also to draw attention to all of the work that needs to be done to uh, to get women's equality. Um, so, which includes which includes one of ERA, our which is one of our core, core issues. issues. And ERA, I just wanted to say that I was I'd been thinking about ERA because a lot of times when we talk about ERA um, in a meeting or when we hear other people talk about it. Um, I feel like the general, there there are people who are very passionate about it in our within our chapter, but I feel like the general consensus amongst younger feminists is that there are more important things to be fighting for, that you're a privileged, white, rich woman if you have time to care about the ERA. And I, I disagree with that, but I also don't always have like a great response to that because I, I can see their, I see what they're saying, right? I don't necessarily agree, but I see what they're saying. And then yesterday, it was yesterday, yesterday, Sessions and the GO, DOJ put out this thing saying that um, work workers' rights um, for LGBTQIA people are not covered under the Civil Rights Act. And so the argument that people make about the ERA is you're already covered. Constitutionally, we're already covered. Equal rights under the law, you're already covered. That's up for interpretation, though. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And and you think, like, no, it's 2017. 
do we do we want constitutional equality? Of course, but we have to focus on all these other things too. And it can kind of, I, I think it can kind of spread you thin. And and ERA sometimes, in our generation and younger, gets gets thrown by the wayside. But that's a perfect example of how you think that. And ACL, ACLU believes in all these, of right. course, like I don't think that's going to ha- go without a fight, but all these people take it for granted that like, okay, well, we're covered under the Civil Rights Act or we're covered under equality under the law, whatever. And anything that's open for interpretation that gets into hands of people who want to go backward, want to disrupt the system, want to um, turn misogyny and bigotry into law, anything that's open for interpretation, they will manipulate. And so I just feel like that's just, for me, just reflecting on that happening was just a renewed sense of the ERA matters. We mm. we have to get there. We have to have the language. It has to be definitive. And we have to be protected. Because this equal protection, you're fine, you're fine, stop whining about it, not is not true. And it, and it depends on who's in office. And that's not... You're, the way you're treated under the law isn't supposed to depend on who's in office. It's cruel yeah. and unusual. Yeah. And also, to go back to the Department of Justice saying the Civil Rights Act doesn't apply to LGBTQIA people, it goes back to what Bonnie Grabenhofer was saying in our interview with her, Episode 5, Part 2, about how we need the Equality Act to protect against things like that being fired by your employer uh, if you're LGBTQIA, which I think... And that was two weeks ago. And I, I, yeah. she said, I just hope... We've, wa- we've worked so hard for these rights. I hope we get to keep them. And when she said it, I, like, I gasped, audibly gasped. And I was like, but of course. Yeah. We go forward, not backward. You might not... You know what I mean? Like, you might not get more rights during the Trump administration, which is horrific and, and totally an injustice and horrible. But but we're not going to go backwards. And then, like, two weeks later, we're he going backwards. Well, his ears. He's got those, to our podcast. He's got those <laughs> ears, like, sonar, man. But go, going back to the ERA, I was listening to to another podcast. Um, I think it was last week. You listen to another podcast. I know. Something wrong. I know. <laughs> I know. But they were but they were talking about um, they they were talking about it was actually about free the nipple. Anyway, but um one of the things they were saying to to give an example of how women are actually treated unfairly under the law is a man can go shirtless in public and a woman can't. We have the same body parts. What's the difference? But that led into a discussion of the ERA and how if we were to pass the ERA, this whole pay inequality thing, that would be constitutionally illegal. Right. Because you're discriminating against a woman yeah. based on the fact that she's a woman. You're not paying her. Right. And that was... And they were... and. The women who host the podcast are, I think they're younger than we are. They're like solid millennials, and I feel like we're border, yeah, we're borderline. borderline. Well, um, <laughs> one me. one of us is more millennial than the other. Correct. No, um, age wise, age wise. Yeah. No. <laughs> but they were saying like that's something like a talking point 
to that generation to let them know, like, this is one example, two examples if you count the nipple thing, but one example where this is an issue you care about, and it doesn't just affect white women. Um, It affects women of color. It affects everyone. And by white women fighting for it, we're helping others. It's not coming from a point of privilege of saying like, oh, we don't have anything else to worry about. Like, no, it's actually something that really, really matters and would help economically, but it's never phrased that way. So they were suggesting maybe a different way is give examples of why, what specific pieces of not legislation, but points that the younger generation cares about that would be covered by the ERA. I think some of the younger generation care about reproductive rights and that would Yeah. Yep. Autonomy to your own freaking body would over your own body would be covered. Yeah. Uh, For those people who don't know, um the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, the first section of it is very short. It it says Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state on account of sex. That's all it says. So if you're talking about autonomy over your body, that would be covered. If you're talking about equal pay, if you're talking about so many things, yeah, it would be covered. And you're just talking about, it's not, it's not, there. I mean, it seems symbolic because it's constitutional equality and it just seems like this huge symbol, but it's not. It's fundamental. It it seems like this huge symbolic issue, but it's a fundamental issue that is the root of many other issues. And and it it has to be, it has to be addressed and it has to be fought for and it has to be it has to be put at the forefront of, 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 of what's going on or at the root as recognized as the root of a lot of these other things that are at the forefront. Yeah. Um, but that, but the thing with sessions the other day just made me think like you, you can't, you can't just say like, we're fine. We're all protected. We're fine. We've got to move on to the day-to-day issues. It's tempting to do that because women are being screamed at when they walk into an abortion clinic and because people are losing health care. And, like, all those things are vital, but we have to be able to walk and chew gum, and the ERA has got to be there. While we're dealing with all these emergencies that are happening, we have to make sure that the ERA, that we don't fall into this trap of saying, okay, fine, you're right, we're being hysterical, we should be worried about these day-to-day things and not worry about the ERA. And I, I don't give men conservative men credit for coming up with some grand scheme to make us forget about the ERA, but I just worry that that maybe happens because so many big things happen day to day, especially now since November, the uptick is incredible and it's hard to focus and we have to make sure that constitutional equality is a focus. Like we just, we need more women in office because the women are the ones who are standing up and saying we're not. Yeah. I loved Andy Slavitt's tweet the other day and I retweeted it from the now account, which was, there will be universal health care when the majority of Congress is women. Because clearly, even if you're a Republican woman... You get it. You, you care about <laughs> this. Um, just a quick health care update since I'm watching. I'm on the Twitter watch. Uh, Chris Van Hollen walked outside the Capitol building and addressed the crowd protesting. Um, so, yay, Maryland. Yeah, Dan Diamond from Politico. Um, he 
he tweets out, and I like that he uses emojis, <laughs> but he has where GOP stands on skinny repeal. So Murkowski, McCain, and Collins have the little emoji with like the zipper mouth. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> and then um, Capito, Heller, Paul, and Lee have like the thinking, the thinking emoji. So mm-hmm. I didn't see, I don't think he's tweeted an update yet. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think most of us, or all of us, and we're at a place of privilege where we will have health insurance. We might have to pay more for it, but that's not going to be the case for a lot of people. Um, and I, I think I just want to say, and I don't, hopefully this is not like a prophetic statement and everything, somehow we figure this out as a society and this doesn't happen, but, um... We, as an as an organization for women, will let you know if women do lose health care in Maryland and Montgomery County, how you can help and what you can do to, um, what, you know, if it comes to Planned Parenthood and all these different places, even if it's not in our own state, in surrounding states or whatever, how we can help women around us who lose their health care. Yeah. It would be a tragedy, but... Women, women are always on the forefront of this, right? This is not good. Hmm. This is an, a tweet from Andy Slavitt. Um, the Senate made it clear that even though the word Medicaid is not in the final bill, guess what? They're destroying it anyway. And then John Cornyn, who's a senator from Texas, he said, I think people will understand we'll address the Medicaid issue when we conference with the House. So hopefully there are three people... Out of 100, or three people out of, what is it, 52? Mm-hmm. Three out of 52 who will be like, nope, can't do it. Um, speaking of Medicaid, if you want a good follow on Twitter and someone to read, um, there's a woman named Alice Wong. Her handle is at S as in Sam, F as in Frank, Direwolf, D-I-R-E-W-O-L-F. Um, she's the founder of the um, Divisibility Project, um, and she's the one who came up with the hashtag Crip the Vote. Um, she's an activist, disability rights activist, um, intersectional feminist. Um, and she just wrote an article, she wrote an opinion piece for the New York Times in May about Medicaid being, it's called uh, My Medicaid, My Life. And um, she describes it as Medicaid is so much more than just healthcare. And she tells her story. Um, but she is on podcasts a lot and PR. She'll be all, she's interviewed all over the place. Um, and she tweets actively and sometimes snark, but mostly substance. So if you're interested in learning more about um, the battle for Medicaid and um, how disability rights are important and, and what Crypt the Vote is, um, I highly suggest following her on Twitter and reading some of her work. John McCain made this big deal of coming back from from surgery, operating on a brain t- or operating on a clot that found a brain tumor. He made this big deal and gave this big speech, like we're not going to do this. We're going to be bipartisan, and he was he was full of it. Um, and people were drawing comparisons to Ted Kennedy in two thousand. Nine, who Ted Kennedy was also on his deathbed, and he with brain cancer, with brain cancer, and he came to Washington to vote to give people health care. So, it's we a weird parallel, and I think we have another one 
with our women of the week. Woman yeah. of the week. Okay, so that was a good segue into our woman of the week. Our woman of the week this week is Senator Maisie Hirono of Hawaii. Um, as Jenny Rose just mentioned, the Senate, thanks to the GOP, voted um, a couple of days ago to proceed in their attempt to dismantle our health care. And John McCain, with a whole bunch of hoopla, came back um, from his recent uh, brain cancer diagnosis and operation, um, received a standing ovation, and gave a dramatic speech, and then ultimately voted in favor of the motion to proceed. Um, that story made national news. Um, but what did not make national news, or very little news up until this point, uh, Thursday night, is that Senator Hirono, on the other hand, was diagnosed with stage 4 kidney cancer three months ago, has undergone two surgeries since, and voted against the motion to proceed, aka voting in favor of people having health care. Uh, no one gave her a standing ovation, and like I said, barely anyone is talking about it. So we're going to. <laughs> um, Maisie Hirono uh, has been in the Hawaii House of Representatives. She was the lieutenant governor of Hawaii. She was in the U.S. House of Rep Representatives and is now senator, U.S. senator. She, when she was first sworn into the Senate in 2013, she checked off four firsts. She was the first Asian American female senator, the first U.S. senator born in Japan, the first female senator from Hawaii, and the first Buddhist senator. Uh, when asked about all the barriers she broke, she remarked, well, there need to be many more of us in here. I'm going to make sure that happens. Um, growing up, she, her mother, and her brother immigrated to the U.S. when Maisie was eight. She was raised by her single mother, um, and she gives a lot of credit to her mom for providing her with opportunities um, in education, and just in life um, to get to where she is today. Throughout her career, she's done a lot of consumer protection, immigration reform, and health care work. She, in the Senate, she currently serves on the following committees, the Armed Services Committee, Energy and Natural Resources Committee, Judiciary Committee, Small Business and Entrepreneurship Committee, and the Veterans Affairs Committee. So she's kind of busy. Um, as I mentioned, she was diagnosed with stage 4 kidney cancer earlier this year, and the two surgeries she's had since her diagnosis have been to remove her right kidney and a lesion on her rib as the cancer traveled up to her rib. Um, she thankfully is expected to make a full recovery, and um, she's apparently going to be seeking re-election. Throughout her treatment, she's continued to work in the Senate fighting for health care. And after the vote the other day, she attended a rally on the steps of the Capitol where she spoke. And she explained people are just, quote, all only one diagnosis away from a major illness. And she said how her good benefits, health benefits as a senator, enabled her to not have to worry about how she was going to pay for the life-saving care she has been receiving. The same benefits John McCain has. Um, so we just wanted to say thank you to Senator Hirono for being both brave and compassionate toward others while facing your cancer. And so 
our chapters giving her a symbolic standing ovation because indeed nobody else seems to care about her struggle. It's ten thirty. They're supposed to be voting at midnight, and I just hope that her compassion is contagious. Well, nobody's even talking about it though. Like none of her colleagues cared at all about her cancer struggle to recognize that she came back to. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> I get that. No, no, no. But her, the fact that she, that she understands like, hey, pe- people, people need healthcare. Like, I hope that kind of, I don't know, maybe they get like a last minute, like, come to Jesus moment or whatever. It definitely won't be calling. optimistic. I, because otherwise I'll start crying. <laughs> I was going to say, I definitely won't be calling her a lion of the Senate like they do about John McCain and mm-hmm. Ted Kennedy because she's a woman and all women ever get called is shrill and loud and need to step aside and butch and challenge to a duel oh someone needs to what is it snatch a knot in their ass yeah Yeah. is that what it is that was the other yeah being threatened with violence yeah and men are lions of the senate i had to look that term up yeah i had to whoever heard of that southern it's a southern that was in the first comment on the article that it said for those of you who don't speak southern it means slap slap me ass yeah so yeah yeah, People women just, women get threatened and they get called lesbians as if that's an insult to mm-hmm. be called a lesbian in the first place. And they get called too weak, too bitchy. Too emotional. Too emotional, not emotional enough. Robotic, cold, bleeding heart. Every, every Bleeding out of their whatever. <laughs> <laughs> bleeding out of their whatever. Just hearts. Yeah. And um, then... John McCain gets heralded. John McCain, both and he's sides. A hypocrite. It both, and yeah, he is. And both sides, they get called. Men get called lions of the Senate. That's like their thing. They, he's a, he was a. I mean, even Ted Kent, he was a lion of the Senate, and a, a woman is never called that. And you know what's a fun fact from someone who wanted to be a wildlife biology? You know who? You know in in the world of lions. You know who does all the work? I do because I've seen Lion King. The lionesses. (laughs) They do all the work. Um, Nala and Sarabe are really in charge of Lion King. They hunt. They have the babies. They take care of the babies. And what do the men do? They They impregnate other lionesses. Yes. And they hang out and roar. Like, so pretty useless. Yeah. But, yeah. (laughs) Hang out and roar. But also (laughs) maybe kind of descriptive of men in the Senate. Yeah, at this point. Yep. Well, on that happy note, until next week, where we either give you a happy update or let you know how we can fight. Um, how many more weeks do we have to talk about this? I'm over. I'm uh, over healthcare. I've been yeah. very over it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to say it. Hopefully, it'll be over next week, but hopefully, it'll be over for the better next week. On NPR the other day, um, they were like, on Marketplace, they were like, we're not saying the H word today. <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hopefully we'll have something to say next week that's productive beyond just here's the crazy shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. And on to here's the shit we can do about the crazy shit that's happening. If you want to hear what we're talking about next week and you want other people to hear it also... Please go on iTunes and rate our podcast five stars so people can find it. Yeah. Jenny Rose had some trouble doing that last week, but it does, in fact, work. Yeah, um, I did it. I did it. And if you want I only give it three stars, though. I'm well, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <What a> jerk. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And if you uh, are listening to this and you have not yet joined our chapter, you can do so. And we would love to have you. Right on our website. Yeah, right mm-hmm. on our website, mcmdnow.org slash join. Join us. And if there's this much going on in the summer when Maryland State Assembly isn't even in session, just imagine what's coming up in the mm-hmm. fall and winter for us. Yeah, we got, we got good Exciting things times. planned. And we want you to be on board with us. Yeah, so. we want you to be know, know what's going on. mcmdnow.org slash join. Cool. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.